VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Michelin Cross Climate 2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, three and out podcast. Uh, good to be alive. You know, it really is January 14th, Thursday afternoon. I actually usually record earlier in the day, but I don't know. It just, I put it off and then I realized, you know what? I have not recorded the podcast. Luckily, I put together a bunch of topics really the last couple days so I knew what I wanted to talk about. So it's, uh, you know, a pretty good show. I'm excited about it. We have uh, Urban Meyer accepted the Jags job. I think the first coach, obviously, to, uh, you know, to be hired in the NFL cycle, right? Lions, no. Jets, no. Falcons, no. Houston, no. Eagles, no. Chargers, no. So, yeah. Urban Meyer. Uh, Something I I found kind of interesting on defensive coaches. George Patton, or as I like to call him, General Patton, got hired to run the uh, Denver Broncos. And they gave him a six-year contract. And I have uh, a couple thoughts there. Obviously, there's NFL playoff games. You know the craziest part about the month of January for the NFL? The playoffs feel big. And I guess if you're like a Packer fan or whatever, you're kind of thinking about it all week. But there's a lot of other stuff going on in the NFL during the week. And then the playoff games come, and it's like, awesome. Seven days a week content. For me, I'm not complaining. So I'll go through the playoff games, what I think, and some of my thoughts. And then end on uh, something that hit me the other day about college football and some overreactions that I think are happening right now because people are acting like the the college football screwed up and the ratings are tanking. I'm telling you, it's going to be all right here very, very soon. 
Three and Out Podcast, go subscribe. Right, I need you to subscribe if you follow on Colin's feed. Also, Middlecoff Mailbag, at John Middlecoff is the Instagram. You're welcome to... Uh, people always like, you always say slide in the DMs. Isn't that for girls? Yeah, it's a joke. I'm being sarcastic. Come in my DMs, DM me. I DM people all the time. I, I DM probably 50 people a day answering questions and just random people trying to book interviews. So it's like DMs. Yeah, you DM me. Slide, text, however you want to do it. My DMs are open at John Middlecoff. But let's start with Urban Meyer, who now, by the time of recording this podcast, is officially the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think is how you say it. And essentially, he turned down the University of Texas who, you know, five or six years ago or four years ago or whatever, was prepared to offer Nick Saban 10 years, $100 million, $10 million per year. They had a lot of money. Urban Meyer turned them down. And Ohio State, Florida, he would have done the same thing at Texas. He didn't have anything left to prove in college. You know, college, when I was a kid, I would say the 80s, the 90s, you just made more money as a head coach in the NFL. So a lot of coaches wanted to go to the pros just simply because it was double, triple the money. Now the money has exploded. Urban Meyer has been making huge cash for 15 years. He did not need to go to the pros for a race. Texas would have given him an obscene amount of money. He simply went to the pros because he wanted to take a shot at the highest level. He wanted his shot at Belichick, at Urban, at uh, Andy Reid, at Sean Payton, at Pete Carroll, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan. He's beaten everyone that matters in college football. He has nothing left to prove there. When I was in college football, I aspired to get to the NFL, just like players did, just like probably coaches did, because I viewed it as the highest level. And that doesn't mean there aren't great coaches in college. That doesn't mean that Nick Saban or Lincoln Riley or whoever, if they went to the pros, couldn't hang. But I think most people in the sport of football view the NFL as the most competitive, right? Because the dynamics of how you build a team at Ohio State or at Alabama, every single kid that I sign in my recruiting class is would be the equivalent of a first-round pick. Well, in the NFL, unless you make a trade, you only get one first-round pick. And the more competitive you are, like if you were Ohio State or Alabama, your first-round pick would be at the end of the round. Pat Hill told me, I remember being at Fresno State, and he's like, you know, Pete Carroll, because remember, Fresno State almost beat him in their heyday, and we'd all that game would come up a lot. And I think Pat liked Pete, but he also like hated USC. And he's like, listen, it's really impressive that they're winning, but Pete, and at the time, he was basically the equivalent of Saban or Urban Meyer, every single guy in his recruiting class is a five-star number one recruit. It is much more difficult at a lower level. Right at, at a Boise State to consistently win than at Ohio State. Now, winning championships is hard wherever you go. But I think Urban Meyer wanted to say, I tried it. I think I'm good enough. And I just looked up his record while he was at college. Because listen, I've been hard on Urban Meyer. I've had a nickname before called him Fraud Meyer. The reason I've called him Fraud Meyer in the past is because he always gets on his moral high horse and talks about life lessons and molding young men. Well, he had gang members who were killing people at Florida 
an assistant coach who was like a mentor's grandson who was doing who knows what with his wife. And so it's like, Urban, you talk a big game, but the people you surround yourself ain't really living it. Well, you know the best part about the NFL? No one, you don't have to pretend about morality and teaching life lessons because the NFL is about two things, money and winning games. And you can put those two in any order you want. Where in college, and back to my experience at Fresno State, I remember Pat got a lot of pride about changing kids' lives, right? Getting a guy from nothing, from the gutter. Some of these, you know, some of where these players come from, they have nothing. Getting them a college education, putting them on a path to succeed, seeing them get married, watching them own a business, watching them have success in whatever industry they have. Because the majority of people, even at the highest level of college football, do not play in the pros. So the the influence a college football coach has over every team has 100 players, right? 85 scholarships and really 105, 20 walk-ons. So you are influencing a boatload of young men that are going to go into society. And I think most coaches, you know, I know Chris Peterson does, Pat Fitzgerald does. Hell, I know Nick Saban. These guys take pride in helping change people's lives. Separate from all the guys that are going to go pro, which clearly they take a lot of pride in as well. But the majority of guys do not go to the pros. And definitely don't make, even if they get a cup of coffee, don't make any money in the pros. Well, in the NFL, you don't have to pretend that. So I hope Urban kind of drops that shtick, right? Like, bro, you're just here to coach and win. And winning he did. Because when I look at his record, he is 187 and 32 as a head coach. Let me repeat that. 187 and 32 as a head coach. This number really stands out to me, though. He's 12 and 3 in bowls. So when the games get big, he's ready to kick ass. And not all those bowls are national championships. So it goes back to Utah. It goes back to, you know, Ohio State and Florida, some of their teams when they weren't playing for the national championship. Urban Meyer is a big-time coach. And to me, coaching is a little like sales. If you can sell, you can do you can work in any business. You're hireable. Like if you can be a good coach, and listen, there are coaches in high school who would crush it in the NFL. Maybe they don't know anyone, maybe they don't aspire to leave, whatever. If coaching is just interacting with people, teaching people, communicating with people, I love seeing this like he's got no chance in the NFL. He doesn't? I mean, he's one of the best coaches of all time. I see, like, Nick Saban failed in the NFL. He went 15 and 17. I bet if he coached for five years, he would have been successful. You know why? Nick Saban relates to his players. There is something, so does Pete Carroll. Age doesn't matter. Style doesn't matter. If you are a good coach, your style works. Whether you're an asshole, whether you're a nice guy, if you're authentic to yourself and a good coach... Pete Carroll's style is dramatically different than Nick Saban's style, which is dramatically different than Bill Belichick's style, which is probably dramatically different than Lincoln Riley's style. They all work. Why? Because they're good coaches. Urban Meyer is a good coach. Now, there are going to be difficulties in the pros. First and foremost, like I said, he doesn't have a stacked roster. But I think he can accumulate talent pretty fast because he's got a good quarterback that he's going to draft number one overall. Another element that I think is going to be challenging is the coaching top to bottom is just better. Think about his own division. If there was a draft from scratch and just every coach became a free agent and we just did a lottery, one through 32, and every GM got to draft a coach, Mike Vrabel would go in the top 10. Well, he plays him twice a year. Frank Reich, 
probably go in the top 10 too. Plays him twice a year. So his division is low. I mean, has two good coaches with two really good teams. They ain't going away. So that's a challenge. The other thing in pro football, you lose, even if you're a good team, four or five games a year. You also have players go down. Unlike college, your roster is set. You know, there isn't turnover, right? You're 105 guys, you're 105 guys. If you get hurt, a backup comes up. In the pros, you are constantly signing guys off the street, elevating guys from other practice squads, bringing guys in on a week and forcing them to start later that week. You know, bring them in on a Monday or Tuesday, and that guy's your starting nickel corner on Sunday. That you do have to adapt to. That's why I think it's very imperative for him to hire NFL people. I got a text today from an NFL assistant. What do you think? I said, I think it's a pretty good hire. He's like, well, he better hire NFL people. Scott Linehan, who I'm sure Cowboy fans will be like, he sucks. That, to me, is a good hire. Trent Baalke has been rumored to be his general manager. The guy was a GM in the league for like eight years. Went to playoffs. Drafted pro bowlers. That would be smart move. He's not going to be able to be the GM. It helps to have a guy with NFL GM experience. But his, his ability to coach is elite. That translates. Urban Meyer could coach a peewee team. He'd coach an NFL team. It's going to work. Think about his teams. He's coached Alex Smith. He's coached Chris Leak. He's coached Tim Tebow. He's coached Shotgun or 12-Gauge, whatever the guy's name is. JT Barrett. Dwayne Haskins. Like He can coach anybody. His offense always changes. He's like Belichick that way. He's very open-minded. He's not tied to a scheme. The other thing he's done very, very well over the year years is hire good assistants. Dan Mullen has been his guy from the jump. Dan Mullen's a good coach. Tom Herman ended a little weird in Texas. Tom Herman ain't a scrub. That's that's an urban guy. Like Ryan Day, another Urban Meyer guy. Doing pretty well at Ohio State last I checked. And there are countless other guys that are head coaches all over the place. My point is his track record of winning, of getting the most out of talented players, and the reality is every player in your roster does have some level of talent in the league. Now, his just understanding of the players in the NFL, you know, their guys in the league are from all over the place. They're not just from Power Fives. They're from D2s. They're from, you know, non-Power non 5 programs. You don't have a scouting report on every player. You're not going to be that comfortable with all the coordinators in the league. So there is going to be a learning curve. My expectations year one are not that high, but I am betting on Urban Meyer to succeed simply because good coaches usually have success. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, 
there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service, as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Well, like many kids at 16, I got uh, a car that uh, came from my grandpa. It wouldn't have been my first choice, but because I was 16 and had no money, I didn't have a choice, I took it. And then I personalized it. I tinted those windows. I put in multiple 12-inch subwoofers in the back so my parents and everyone else in the neighborhood could hear me coming from across town. And I turned that thing into something at first that I was like, I want something better to essentially my dream ride at the time because I had a car at 16. Can't, hard to complain. One of my favorite parts about car culture is regardless of the car you're given when you're young, you can find a way to make it cool. And that's what any young, innovative individual will do. I don't care what you're rolling in. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, I, I, I've been thinking this for a while. And I, I hate to ever back yourself into a corner with just, this is the only thing that I would ever do. Because it's not smart to be like that. The, the, the right move on basically anything in life, but definitely hiring practices, is to be open-minded. You know, not to be like, we need this type person. We need this. We need that. But to just talk to the best candidates and see what happens. Whether it's a head football coach or whether you're trying to hire a chef. I mean, wouldn't you just want the best? The thing, though, in football is that offensive head coaches are just consistently more impactful over the long haul on your franchise. Throwing Belichick out. He does not count. But I think when you look around the league, offensive coaches who are head coaches and call the plays are a massive advantage for any staff. I think Robert Sala is going to be a good head coach in the NFL. I've followed his career very closely. He obviously coaches right down the road from me. I've watched the majority of his press conferences. I've been to many. I've seen him at practices. I don't know him personally, but I've... I followed him as closely as humanly possible without like knowing the guy. And I think he's a really high-level guy. People I know in the organization swear by him. 
I've watched his defense the last couple years. He's good. I wouldn't hire him, though. I would not hire a defensive coach because the head coach is the most important guy in your organization, and the quarterback is the most important asset that you have, right, on your football team. And it's the guy that eventually you pay the most. Typically, if you're going to draft one, you got to invest a lot into it, and then ideally he's good, and then you pay him a hundred whatever million dollars. That guy is influenced directly by the play caller. And I saw Florio going on this rant that Minnesota, I mean, Kirk Cousins is about to go on as like seventh offensive coordinator in four years, right? Pete Carroll's on how many for Russell Wilson? Vrabel, the Titans are having success. He's potentially going to lose his second offensive coordinator in basically two and a half years. LaFleur's been there, what, two years? So if when Arthur leaves, he'll have his three years coaching, he'll have four coordinators, or three coordinators, excuse me. Let me rephrase that. Vrabel next year will have three coordinators in a four-year span. It's a lot. And it's ideally you want to keep continuity, but there's something to be said about Sean McVay, about Andy Reid, about Matt LaFleur, about Kyle Shanahan, about Andy Reid, Bruce Arians. Like, the offense is their baby. I know Bruce doesn't technically call plays, but if he has to, he easily could. And you never worry about, because the moment your offense has success, because the moment your defense has success, doesn't mean you're going to lose a coach. Look at Wink Martindale. Look at Robert Sala, who, as of recording this, I think he's going to get the Jets job, but I don't know. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe there's someone else. You have a great defensive coach. He's not guaranteed to get a head coaching job. You have a great offensive coordinator. He's gone. It's not even a question. And then you're just immediately scrambling again. Like, the 49ers this year are going to lose Robert Sala, and they're going to lose multiple offensive coaches, potentially, who are going to become offensive coordinators for other head coaches. It won't impact the offense one bit. I'm not saying that those guys aren't really good, and in a perfect world, Kyle Shanahan wouldn't want to lose LaFleur or McDaniels. One might go with Robert Sala, and the other might go with you know someone else. But as long as I got Kyle Shanahan, I'm fine. Last year, the Rams, they had all this turnover and get rid of Wade Phillips, get rid of offensive coaches. They had Sean McVay. Who cares? Like, that's that's my play caller. Think how many head, think how many coaches Andy Reid has gone through in his career. Think how many coaches Sean Payton has gone through, especially on defense. Doesn't matter because he's there. So when I see the list, and listen, I, I'm not trying to diminish Robert Sala's candidacy. And I actually think he could be successful. But what happens, let's say they keep Sam Darnold. And let's say he gets the Jets job and Mike McDaniel from the Niners is his offensive coordinator. In two years, Sam Darnold's in a Pro Bowl. What do you think is a lock to happen? Mike McDaniel's get a head coaching job. Joe Brady is getting head coaching interviews based on last year at LSU. Did you watch the Panthers this year? Not saying he's bad. I like Joe Brady. But at one point in time, they lost eight straight games. Like, it's not like he had success. Aren't they drafting the top 10? Offensive guys are in such demand because they influence the most important player on your team by a, by a wide margin. They call the plays. They coach the player. It's just, I understand. I, I can't imagine being a defensive guy. It sucks because Wink Martindale's going, we've had one of the best defenses for the last couple of years. And Wink, in defense of Wink Martindale's candidacy, 
Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Haloti Nada, and Suggs ain't walking through that door. Their defense is just well-coached. It's not like some superstar, all-star cast. I mean, they got some good players, but it is nowhere near some of those Ravens defenses in our lifetime. And I don't... Does he even get an interview? <laughs> if the equivalent was what Wink did on offense, the guy would already be hired as a head coach without hesitation. Zero question asked. There wouldn't be one question. <laughs> not one. So I, I understand it. And I, I, I think when you're looking at it from an ownership or GM standpoint, it's the most important continuity is the guy with your quarterback. And the easiest way to do that is to hire an offensive coach. So if all things are equal... If I'm interviewing Robert Sala and Arthur Smith, and I think, God, these guys are both like 9s out of 10s or 10s out of 10s, without hesitation, I'm taking the offensive guy. Okay, let's get into something that has just kind of been on my mind lately. And anytime that you hire, you know, with a coach, when you hire Urban Meyer or when you hire Robert Sala or when you hire Arthur Smith, fans have known about those guys. So it's not like, wait, who's this guy? Right, you've been hearing these names, so it's not a shock to the system. But when you hire a general manager, sometimes you go, "What's this guy's deal? How long has he been in the NFL?" You just don't know anything about him because unless you're a GM, you're not really that famous. No one knew who John Middlecoff was when I was just a West Coast scout. Several buddies in my league or that are in the league that I'm friends with, you've never heard of. These guys are eventually going to be GMs. If they want to be. I mean, they're... Hey, listen, I, I might be biased, but I know a couple guys that easily there can't be many scouts better than them. Again, I'm biased, but, you know, some of them got rings. Uh, but you've never heard of them. Because it's not like... It's not like a backup player in the NFL or an assistant coach. Like, you can become famous that way. You don't really become famous being like, you know, this guy's the assistant director of pro personnel. Up and comer. Unless you share an agent with, like, rap sheet, no one knows you. Which is fine. Like, that's just... Part of the deal. But the one thing that happens is the moment a guy's hired, the articles that are written about the guy are just glowing. I mean, I, I read some articles on General George Patton, the, the Broncos guy, uh, that just, I mean, he sounded like the greatest human being ever alive. He was like a mixture of Tebow off the field and like Ozzie Newsome meets Bill Walsh with a little sprinkle of like, uh, of like Ron Wolf. That's how I would describe the way they, these articles that wrote about him. So just based on the, the articles and like the Denver Post and some of the different blogs and people tweeting about him, he's the greatest evaluator ever to live. And that's expected because we don't know anything. And you're gonna, not going to write anything negative. Now, I've, I text a couple people that know him. They love him. So I'm, I'm not even trying to make fun of him. But we're just like, damn, George Patton. And this guy had been you know in the mix for GM jobs. Ever since Chris Ballard got a job, I'd say he was a guy that kind of had been in the mix, had been interviewing different openings. He was bound to get one. But I saw that he got a six-year contract. And my first thought was, that's fucking insane. How many people in your life, in whatever line of work you do, would you sign to a six-year contract? About 50% of the marriages in this country, which in theory is a lifetime contract the moment you get married, end and you know it wasn't that long ago the 49ers they hired Kyle Shanahan John Lynch they gave him each six-year contracts which was kind of unprecedented 
Now, part of it was they were desperate, and John Lynch didn't need the job. He was a millionaire and worked on TV so that he had them kind of bent over. But I've seen more and more of these teams do this. Why? George Patton wouldn't have come for a four-year deal? Wouldn't have come for a five-year deal? Now, listen. John Elway has a good gig. He doesn't own the team. He's spending other people's money. And I'm not trying to talk shit about John Elway. I like John Elway. I actually am one of the guys on Twitter over the years who's like defended him. I think the team he built when he first got there was really, really impressive. But they have ownership issues, and he's just handing out a six-year deal. Now, part of it is like there's some issues going on. But when I see these six-year contracts, we don't. it'd be one thing if this guy had been a general manager before. He was like Ozzie Newsom. You're like, well, I know he's going to be good. We have no clue if this guy's actually going to be good. No different like Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith, the last couple of years, his offense has been badass. I watch the Titans, I go, this guy kind of carrying Vrabel these last couple of years, right? Because their defense hasn't been as good, especially this year. You just, what he's done with Tannehill, just what he does with Derek, how good he's made A.J. Brown. I just go, God, this guy's sweet. I, would, I, I couldn't give Arthur Smith a six-year contract. He might be a good coach, or he might not. Why? We have no clue. And I think the NFL, now listen, there's, they've never had more money, and it's not like, you know, giving a general manager, let's say they gave him $3 million a year, eight million, eight, you know, $18 million, means anything to the franchise. But it's not good business. Yeah, I, I just, I don't quite understand it. And I liked what the guy said. He called the Denver Broncos a sleeping giant. I agree. Because there aren't many huge brands on the West Coast. Right? The Niners, when they're good, are massive. The two LA teams don't really move the needle. They're much bigger nationally than they are in LA. Seattle is like had a 10-year run with Russell. Before that, they didn't matter. So it's like the Broncos, the Niners, and this last like Pete Russ run. Raiders are like, what about us? It's like, guys, you guys made the playoffs once in 18 years. Let's just let's win a little before we talk. But these six-year contracts, hell, we saw it with Gruden. They gave him a 10-year contract. If we had a coaching like, who, I, how many players? I even said with Mahomes, I love Veach and Andy. And I, listen, they had to do it. But like, do I love giving Mahomes a 10-year contract? And the reality is, the NFL guaranteed money. I know it's not truly a 10-year contract, but still. Like, I like four- and five-year deals. Six years? The Gruden 10-year contract is a disaster. He hasn't sniffed the playoffs. In year three, he missed the playoffs by three games. It's like, yeah, they were close this year. No, they weren't. He went 8-8. Eight and eight. It took 11 wins to get into the playoffs with an extra seed. If you just pulled most Raider fans, they would fire him yesterday. But he's got seven more years on his deal. So I get, like, you have all this money. You get excited to use it. It doesn't make it smart. And I'm not trying to be like these owners should be stingy. All these coaches and GMs are making huge cash. Six-year contract? Six? I, 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 I don't understand it. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. 
This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service, as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, You'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Well, like many kids at 16, I got uh, a car that uh, came from my grandpa. It wouldn't have been my first choice, but because I was 16 and had no money, I didn't have a choice, I took it. And then I personalized it. I tinted those windows. I put in multiple 12-inch subwoofers in the back. So my parents and everyone else in the neighborhood could hear me coming from across town. And I turned that thing into something at first that I was like, I want something better to essentially my dream ride at the time because I had a car at 16. Can't hard to complain. One of my favorite parts about car culture is regardless of the car you're given when you're young, you can find a way to make it cool. And that's what any young, innovative individual will do. I don't care what you're rolling in. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, we got to, uh, I don't know, talk about these things called NFL playoff games. Playoffs! Playoffs! Playoffs are here. And we got a lot of good teams. I mean, we got a lot of good players. Eight teams left. Eight teams left. Think about this. Four games this weekend two games next weekend, and the Super Bowl. I'm no math major, just Cal Poly, Fresno State guy, a couple state schools. That's seven games. Now, I love the offseason as much as anybody. Who knows? I'm not quite sure what's going to happen with the combine. I don't think really the league does yet. And I I love free agency, love the draft. Honestly, don't even hate OTAs. I I go to them. Uh, They're kind of entertaining, some of the stories. But the games are like, I like watching football. 
And we only got seven games left. So cherish these, you know. I'm going to watch every minute. I don't care if any of these are blowouts. I'm making a pact. Sometimes, you know, it's like in November and you're watching a game you don't really care about and it's a blowout. You just kind of stop paying attention or you start playing on your phone. Like, I'm, I'm going to lock in. Not, not that I don't normally lock in, but I'm really going to try to save. This is the last football we're going to have till, you know, September, whatever. Well, I guess, yeah, I mean, who knows? That Maybe we never get the preseason again. Who knows? It could be a while. I'm going to go in order. Basically, I'm going to just talk about the game, the first thing that comes to my mind. Rams at the Packers. The Rams are a six-and-a-half-point underdog. Now, I, I saw that they uh, Sean McVay today ruled the Walford kid out, the guy that got KO'd and the stinger and went to the hospital. He's not going to play. Know this. If he was healthy, this guy would be playing in this game. Sean McVay does not want to have to play the guy that he's going to play in Jared Goff, despite the guy being the number one overall pick and making, you know, whatever, $35 million a year. Jared Goff, it's just, this year has not been very good. Now, I have no, he's a tough guy, he's playing with the broken thumb, but even before he got hurt, like, Sean McVay wanted to go with the other guy. Aaron Donald, who's like one of the best players ever, is also banged up. And the Rams' defense has been fantastic. I listened to, I, I might have been wrong on Brandon Staley. I got to text my buddy who gave me some intel. You know, I thought he was a bad coach. Pretty good. I heard a uh, an interview he did with Peter King. He's an impressive guy. I, I like the guy. And he's just been a really good defensive coach this year. But the Packers have, you know, just from the eye test statistically, I mean, they got the MVP of the league. They've been unreal this year offensively. So I, I just think that the Rams are in some trouble. They got a big boy win last week going up, kicking Pete's ass. But this is a different animal. Jared Goff, in the cold, in the snow, I, I just, I like the Packers pretty big in this game. And even if their defense was, like, Aaron Donald was fully healthy, I just think the Packers have too much. I, I just think the Packers kind of are on a team on a mission right now. And just how good they looked late in the season against Tennessee at Lambeau in the snow. They are so comfortable in that environment. Can you imagine going from Los Angeles? I went swimming today, and I live in Northern California. It was 65 degrees and sunny outside. LA is warmer than it is where I am. How can you possibly get ready for Lambeau Field? You can't. Aaron Rodgers, you know, kind of on a mission this season. We'll get into who I'm hoping he plays next week, but he's two more games away from kind of entering that John Elway category as just, you know, we I always say like John Elway is the most talented. He's got five Super Bowl appearances, two wins. If Brady's the best and Montana was the GOAT, and I think most people, you know, Elway probably third. Rodgers is a ring away from three MVPs, two rings, still kind of looks like in the prime of his career. He got a lot to gain these next three weeks. And I I, I think it starts by just kicking the kicking the Rams ass. Ravens Bills. This is a fantastic game. One, just the coaching connection. Sean McDermott got hired with the Eagles in the early 2000s. So did John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh was a special teams coach, but he also kind of expanded his wings and helped with defense. He was a secondary coach too. That's Sean McDermott's thing. They actually worked together. They were both coaching the secondary, I think in 06, in 07, and then he got the job in 08. Harbaugh became the head coach of the Ravens. 
maybe I, yeah, I think it's 07, then he became the coach, you know, in like January of 08. So these guys know each other really well. A couple Andy Reid guys, a couple hard-nosed defensive guys. Uh, th- this game is just fantastic. Now, to me, the Ravens, they beat the Titans last week. When they run for 200-plus yards and Lamar's running for 100-plus yards, they ain't losing. So if you let them control the clock by Lamar running around, because he ain't throwing for 300 yards in these big games. He's not. So you, you're going to keep him in the maybe 150 to low twos. Well, if he can make up that yardage by, yeah, he threw for 180 and he ran for another 140, it's like the same thing as Brady throwing for, you know, 330 because he's accumulating a total of 300-whatever yards. And it slows down the game because he's running. There's no incompletions, right? So the clock keeps going. And that's advantage Ravens. Where the Bills, much more high-powered, explosive offense in terms of throwing the football. So to me, if I'm the Bills, I want to get into a shootout. Now, the Ravens' defensive statistics the last couple years, I heard Lombardi going on this rant on his podcast about Wink Martindale, where they ranked the last three years. Like They've been fantastic. I kind of like the Ravens in this game. And you know I like Josh Allen. It does just feel like... I don't know. You know, the Ravens last couple years blew some games. The Chiefs, or I, I can't get the Chiefs game out of my head earlier this season. Remember when they played, I think it was like a Tuesday night, and Mahomes didn't even do that much. They ran it down the Bills' throat, and they slowed the game down. Now, Josh Allen was bad in that game, but it, to me, if you could slow the game down and not get into a shootout with Josh Allen, because the, the Ravens will not win a shootout. That's not the way they play unless they're playing the Bengals and they kill them, right? When they play other good teams, why they've struggled, right, against the Chiefs, against the Titans previously, is because, like, it's not their deal to throw it on third and long. But when they can dictate the terms, they're good. And I do think the Ravens might be able to dictate the terms a little bit to the Bills. Because the Bills' defense, they're just not as good this year as they have been. Now, if Josh Allen is fantastic like he was last week, They'll win. But to me, he's probably got to have like another A game. He was really good against the Colts. Really good against the Colts. And I think Wink, Wink Martindale is better than Uberflus, and Uberflus is pretty good. This game, I mean, I, I I can't wait. Browns, Chiefs. Browns plus 10. I think everything's gravy now. They won 11 games. Stefanski's probably the coach of the year. Baker resurrected his career. I was hard on Baker. And it's He's going to get his fifth-year option picked up. Though, like, do I like paying Baker Mayfield $30 million? No. Is he better than I thought he was a $10 million quarterback? Is he probably like a $20 million quarterback? Yeah, he's he's growing on me. He's growing on me. But Stefanski's play calling, the run game, uh, Austin Hooper, like their offense is loaded. But to me, I don't care how shitty the Chiefs play the second half of the season. This is a different animal. Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek, Andy... Like, th- this is when they eat. And think about this the last couple weeks for Andy. Do you know what he can show him? Hey, guys, remember last year when we were getting our ass kicked and we had to come back? Wasn't, the, wasn't it 24 to nothing, Texans? How about this time we start a little faster? I guarantee you this. They have emphasized the last two weeks, and definitely two weeks ago before they even knew their opponent, starting fast. Not going through the motions. And they've been going through the motions. And I don't blame them. The playoffs are a different animal. And these guys tasted it. 
they know how sweet it is to win the whole thing. But you can't win the whole thing if you fuck around in the second and third round because they were lucky. Like last year, they were on a team, you know, just on a mission. Any coach will tell you, if you fall consistently behind in playoff games, you're not going to win them all. You will get clipped. I would expect the Chiefs to come out firing. The Browns' defense isn't that great. I just think the Chiefs are far superior. And I I just, I kind of like the Chiefs minus 10, to be honest with you. Takes nothing away from the Browns' season. It was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. You won 11 games. You beat the crap out of the Steelers on the road in a playoffs. Like, to me, that that is an incredible year. It, to me, if they can keep this tight, I'll be really impressed. Baker on the road. Fans are allowed in Kansas City. Cold environment. It, it, Arrowhead's a little different animal, even with, you know, 20,000 fans or whatever. But I'm, I'm kind of excited for this, mainly because I just don't think the Browns really have a chance. And then the second best game of the weekend. So if I had to rank the games, I would go Ravens-Bills 1, Tampa Saints 2, probably Rams-Packers 3, and Browns-Chiefs 4. I love Tampa in this game. I absolutely love Tampa in this game. On the most, on a big picture football history type, you know, moment, you're getting Brady and Brees. Two, I mean, the greatest quarterback of all time and another first ballot Hall of Famer. Basically the Steve Young of his generation. At one, I think Brady tweeted like, or maybe he said this in a press conference, he's like, you know, I, I feel old. Brees is 18 months younger than me. One guy's 43, the other guy's 41. It's just pretty cool. If you just love the sport of football, love star quarterbacks, like this is a cool matchup for the history books. But I think the Saints team is really good. And I think if the Saints had a really good young quarterback, they would be my favorite in the NFC. But they have Drew Brees, who saying he shot is too much. I mean, he can still function. But he cannot push the ball down the field. I don't understand. Listen, I'm not a coach. I don't understand how no one takes away the short intermediate stuff. If you could take away the short intermediate stuff and just corral Kamara, who's a great player, they're not going to be able to score on you. They're not going to be able to do it. To me, Tampa's defense has to play better than it does the first two times. And it's just an easy one for Arians, right? Hey, guys, these guys beat the shit out of us last time we played them. Hey, guys, remember week one when these guys kind of beat us up too? But the last time we played them on Sunday Night Football at home, they mollywhopped us. They embarrassed us. We have every bit as good of players of them, if not better. I saw Arian say, like, Antonio the last couple weeks has become Antonio again. And I agree. Last week of the season and then that wild card game, he's starting to look like the dude that used to dominate in Pittsburgh. Evans, Godwin, you're the greatest quarterback of all time. Who lives for this? And they got Gronk. They got two guys who have been through countless. I mean, so you can't even count how many games they've been through at this level. So the influence that they can have helping some of the younger guys on the team. Then you have a coaching staff like Arians has been to an NFC Championship game. He's won playoff games before. I, I just think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as an underdog, I took a money line, I put a couple hundred bucks on it. Um, I, I just think it's their time. I, I, I have a hard time seeing the Saints beat Tampa three times in a season. Especially with Drew Brees just being kind of meh. Then, to me, we get potentially one of the all-time great, on paper, 
championship games. MVP Rodgers against the old greatest quarterback of all time who threw 40 touchdowns this year. Sign me up for that. Like, when it comes to the AFC Championship game, Chiefs versus either team, we can't lose. I'll take either one. I want Tampa, Green Bay. I want to see Brady walking out in Lambeau in the snow. I want that bad. And I think we're going to get it. Okay, really quick on college football. I read the national championship was one of the lowest rated national championships in like decades. It was a bad game, right? It was a blowout. It was it went really quick to Alabama, who which was a heavy favorite, very predictable. And I, I, I see a lot of people DMing me, tweeting at me, and I, I see narratives on social media like college football, it's not fun anymore. It's the same team winning over and over. Same teams. Really, it's kind of one team. The dude has seven national championships since like 2009. If you took Nick Saban away and just gave that spot to just another SEC team with Ohio State and whoever in their conference, Notre Dame's, the Clemson's, and Oregon, it would be pretty wide open. There'd be a lot more drama. Because right now, Alabama makes it every year. And it sure as hell feels like they make the championship game every year. It took a Tua injury last year to derail them from making the playoffs. Nick Saban is 69 years old. He's not going to coach that much longer. You take him away from Alabama, they are not the same program. He is the program. Now, he's in like the peak of his powers right now. He's like 2000 Tiger Woods, you know, or 07 Brady. Like, it's not even fair. He's kicking everyone's ass. It is not a fair fight. Like Chuck Liddell in his prime, he used to knock guys out. He's You remove him, the coaching parody, like Dabble doesn't beat everyone every year. Dabble loses. Not just to Nick Saban. He just lost to Clemson. Or excuse me, he just lost to Ohio State. Would you feel good about Kirby or Dan Mullen or whatever in a playoff game? Or Lincoln Riley? Those guys would get their shots, but they could easily win or lose a game. It's hard for all those teams to go undefeated every year. There really is one... I mean, Clemson is in the mix, too, and they're not going away. But they don't win it every year. He's won seven national championships. Take him away. The most competitive conference is wide open. Texas A&M would be right in the mix. That would help maybe get two Big Ten teams in. I think Oregon's going to be really good. There's there's never going to be ultimate parity, right? The, the country club that is the Power Five programs... Do not want the little guy in the in their party. As long as it's at four teams, Coastal Carolina, Cincinnati, Boise State, uh, UCF, are never going to be allowed. They are never going to get the invite. Who cares? I don't even want to see them. Put them in a New Year's Six Bowl. But if you keep it at four and Saban retires, which again, he's not 54 years old. He's 69. Now, I don't think he gets tired of winning I don't think he gets tired of working, but he's not going to coach forever. So let's just assume he's got two more years. I I do think the moment he leaves, now their team, whoever got that job, Lane Kiffin, whoever, they'd inherit a really good roster. But it ain't the same. It's just not. 
I, I, I truly believe that when Nick Saban decides to walk away, that college football will feel dramatically, again, with the 10-plus teams, right? It's, it's never been 40 teams have a shot. It is not March Madness where, you know, probably 25 teams think they got a shot to make the Final Four, right? And then once you're in the Final Four, hell, anything could happen. The same group of 10 to, at most, maybe 15 programs feel truly they can win a national championship at the beginning of the year. And right now, it's probably less than that. I mean, it's probably 10 might even be pushing it, right? I think I think the teams that get up in front of their squad and start talking about that are four or five teams in the SEC, Ohio State, Clemson, Notre Dame, and maybe Mario starting to do it at Oregon. But that's just... You, you take away Alabama, I think it would start to spread around the town a little bit. Because one thing he is doing, a little bit like they reminded me of Pete Carroll when he was at USC, he's getting the best player in every state. So if he wants a guy from San Francisco, or he wants a guy from Maryland, or he wants a guy from Seattle, he's getting them. Because he's Nick Saban. And if you're that guy, why wouldn't you go play for Alabama? Najee Harris, right down the street from me. Why did he go play for Alabama? I don't know. Because it's Alabama, and now he has two national championship rings? And he's a legend in college football? Of course he went to Alabama. Well, if in five years, Nick Saban's been retired for a couple years, you know what the next Najee Harris might do? He might go to Texas and play for Sark. Maybe Lincoln Riley convinces him to come there. Maybe he goes to Ohio State and plays for Ryan Day. Maybe Mario or whoever's at Oregon does the full court press and he goes to Oregon. But right now, when Nick wants a guy, and those guys typically turn into pros and good pros. Remember when the uh, the talking point used to be like, don't want to draft a guy from Alabama. They just don't make it in the pros. Look at Trent Richardson. That sure seems long forgotten. Because every gamma game I, want, I watch, I go, God, they got about seven dudes they are going to be pro bowlers. I mean, their guys immediately translate to the league now. It's a seamless transition. Like a Saban underachiever is Amari Cooper. And he had like 95 catches this year. I mean, think how many good players Nick has all over the league now. And it's only going to grow. I mean, look at this year. Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, uh, Najee Harris, Sertain, uh, uh, the corner. I just listed four guys that are going to go in the top 35 picks. Three of them are going to go in the top 12 15 maybe so we get rid of Nick I think Dabo will become that but listen I like Dabo he's not Nick Saban he's not Nick Saban his big advantage is conference sucks I mean it's terrible people love talking smack about the Pac-12 I think the ACC is worse obviously Clemson is way better than anything in the Pac-12 but when North Carolina is your second best team it's like come on guys Miami, Florida State, like, this ain't 1999 anymore. And I don't blame Dabo for taking advantage of it. As my friend told me, he recruits an SEC player, and he plays an ACC schedule. That's what's so crazy about what Nick does. And you can be like, oh, the SEC's overrated. Bullshit. All the top players are in that league. And yeah, the coaching can be hit or miss, but at the, how many great coaches are there in college football? Five? Five? Most guys are average anyway. 
even guys that we think are probably pretty good are a little overrated. And Nick dominates them all. He was just almost a 10-point favorite against Ohio State. You get rid of Nick, those days will end. College football will be okay. They just need Nick saving to retire. Okay, I was going to do the mail, middle cough mailbag here, and I still am going to bang out a couple questions. Robert Sala just got hired by the New York Jets. Uh, got a bunch of stuff on the Haberman Middlecoff YouTube channel. We just talked about Sala. I've talked about Sala a lot. I think he's a really impressive guy. It's a it's a good hire for the Jets. My only pause is that when you don't hire offensive guys in an offensive league and the quarterback's the problem, it's just going to be a predicament for him. Uh, but in terms of leadership, in terms of just intense, in terms of toughness, in terms of what he stands for as a football coach, in terms of how much players like him, uh, in terms of just how enjoyable he is as someone to like, I don't cover the team. I mean, I just I talk about it. Uh, but I've been to several practices. He's a badass. I, and, you know, I'm bald, so I root for other bald guys. So, actually, Joe Douglas is bald. Robert Sala is bald. We got uh, a lot of bald guys going in the New York right now. And, and listen, coming from the Gase and Greg Williams, big upgrade. Big upgrade. We think. I mean, he's never been a head coach. That's probably unfair to say. We'll see how he is a head coach. But I I like the hire. As I was told a year ago, what type coach will will Joe Douglas look for? And I've I've said this on this podcast. John Harbaugh. Leadership. Toughness. uh, Big picture thinker. You know, that's what he was looking for. And that's that's kind of what he got. Uh, I'm not saying this guy's going to be as good as John Harbaugh. But that, that's what he was looking for, and that's the type of guy, the type mold that this guy is. So congrats to the Jets fans. You got a real coach. Big fan of the pod. You crack me up sometimes cussing and shit, but you know what you're talking about being a former NFL scout, which makes me always listen. Five stars. Appreciate that. Leave five-star review. Does Miami trade number three Tua and two second-rounders for Watson? Two second-rounders? That's I, I need a little more than that. To me, the starting price for Deshaun Watson, and I know there are a lot of trades out there, and I've heard some some rumors on the street that you can never discount it with the Patriot guys, but I would say that the starting price will be three first-rounders. And Tua does not count as a first-rounder right now. I'd say Tua is a second-rounder. Like, that's his value after last year. So I, I would say that no, not for that. Now, could he get traded? I believe he could. Do I think it's likely? No, but I I, I will not discount it. Uh, trying to work through these DMs, you know. Okay, Browns fan down in San Antonio, Texas. As Charles Barkley would say, it's where those big women are. I'm sure I'm not the only one that thinks the dog pound has a puncher's chance come Sunday. What do you see as the key aside from the typical keep away from Mahomes? Also a big listener of RJ in Vegas. Says he's a fan of your style. Thought it was a cool shout out. I'm a big RJ uh, in Vegas guy. Big fan. I, 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 You know what's funny? I have a bunch of family that are just degenerate gamblers that listen to his podcast. And they're all like, bro, RJ just gave you a shout out. And uh, appreciate that. Love RJ. Uh, I would say the biggest key would be for running for like 250 yards. Slow down the game and just not get into a game that's going to be in the high 30s. Maybe not even the high 30s, but the high 20s, low 30s. Chubb, Kareem Hunt all day long. 
and that when you can run it, then Baker can have the play action, and you can win the game like twenty four to maybe not twenty, maybe twenty seven to twenty four, because you just you know you don't give them that many possessions. That to me is the only way. You're not going to win a shootout against these guys. They just have much better players. They're just a better team. Like I said, I, I don't think. I don't think the dog pound is going to stay close. And I'm not trying to be a Browns hater. I, I'm, with, I'm with everyone. Baker's playing well. Uh, he, he is. They, I love their coach. Coach of the year. This is the big leagues, though. Like, you can have a really good season. You run into the champs. You're about to see what the champs look like. And I know they've struggled. But I, I'm still pretty confident in them. At least against this team. Would like to know your draft prediction on Kyle Trask. I think he would be a good fit for Pittsburgh. Thanks. Keep up the good work. I'm not a big Kyle Trask guy. I'm not a big fan of bad athlete quarterbacks anymore. And he can't move. And he doesn't have a great arm. He reminds me a little bit of Nick Foles. So I could not draft him in the first couple rounds. To me, he's like a third or fourth round pick. But the way quarterbacks, you know, get picked now, they all get drafted way higher than they should. He might go in the late first, early second. Like, I I couldn't do that. I don't know much about him. I'm going to assume he's a high character guy. Uh, all the he checks all the boxes off the field, so I'm not worried. Clearly, he's a smart offensive guy. Can learn Dan Mullen's offense. They spread it out. He was throwing it all over the yard. He was really good this year. But when I look at a prospect from an NFL standpoint, he can't move. I just don't see the arm strength. Uh, his greatest attribute is his size. Did not start a game in high school. Now the guy that started over him is at the University of Miami. But still, like that's to me a red flag. He couldn't beat the guy out. Why? Because the other guy was a good athlete. So I, I'm just I'm not into drafting bad athletes high. I think he could be a just solid backup. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, listen to your pod you put out today, and I have a suggestion. If you think the Bucks have good value to win the Super Bowl, I would just bet them to win this week and roll it over to next week versus assuming the Packers and most likely Kansas City, and you will get like 10, 10 to 1, 11 to 1 odds if they have to go through the Saints, Packers, and Kansas City. I agree. I put $250 on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week. If they win, I'll take that money. Maybe I'll take if I win, I'll put $500 on them against the Packers. I have a mailbag question for you. As a diehard Eagles fan, I'm getting a little worried about how much Jeffrey Lurie seems to be involved with football decisions. Is this something that has happened even when you were there with the team or since the Super Bowl has become more involved? When I, re- when I was there, honestly, we didn't see him that much. You know, Andy and Howie did everything. I can't speak to what's going on now. I do think he's always been involved, like comes to you know draft meetings or has free agent meetings. Like He deals with his general manager and coach, but I can't speak to what's going on right now. I think the Eagles have a Carson Wentz problem. Uh, just hearing some things about the way Carson Wentz has handled some stuff makes me shake my head a little bit. I'm not going to say it right here because I, I don't have it like double sourced, but I, I'm, I'm a little down on Carson. And you guys know throughout the leaks and some of the stuff, like, bro, you're paid a lot of money to act like a pro. And you know, sometimes in life, shit doesn't go well. And you had a disastrous season. That sucks. You ain't the first star quarterback for that to happen to. Suck it up play better, stop complaining. So I I think Carson Wentz threw a wrench in the whole Philly thing. And I know how he's getting a hard time. Here's what I will say. The reason Doug is no longer there, to me the number one reason, 
is the Carson Wentz situation. A guy they're paying like $35 million next year is literally leaking his camp that he can't stand the coach and wants to be traded. So when that, here's, and I'll also defend Lurie on this one. When that happens, what the fuck is the owner supposed to do? He didn't have a choice. You can't fire the player. They're paying him too much. You can't, it doesn't make that much sense to trade him. You can't get enough back. Doug, ha, Doug had to go. It's just like Doug, I just think their relationship was done. Carson and Doug, which has nothing to do with the owner or the GM. Now you can say indirectly if they forced Jalen Hurts on them, but I had heard that Doug liked Jalen Hurts, which might have led to the weird relationship, but I'm talking in the draft process. But I, I mean, a lot of coaches like a lot of players. It doesn't matter. It's like, Carson, you are the number two overall pick. You're paid a lot. Who cares they bring in a second round quarterback? Kick his ass. I'm just, I think Carson needs to just grow up a little bit. So yeah, I mean, Jeffrey, I can't, I can't speak to him meddling, but I, I, I think the, the demise and the destruction of this year for Philly was the coach and the quarterback. Period, point blank, end of story. Now, there was a lot of other stuff going on, injuries, dudes playing bad, whatever, but to me, it starts there. The Eagles' number one problem was Carson, and then... His him and Doug, that that's their issue. So I, I can't put that like. What the hell does that have to do with like Jeffrey or even Howie? They, Jeffrey's not going to the quarterback meeting every day. Jeffrey's not calling the plays into the headset. Jeffrey's not sitting at practice in the huddle with the guy. It's the coach. Even Howie's they're on the sideline. Like that is a relationship that is on those two guys. And I've I don't know one person that has ever had an issue with Doug. Like, I would say Doug is about as humble and as normal as an NFL head coach in NFL history, especially one with a ring. I, I don't know one person that hasn't got along with him. Not one. And Carson can't? Like, maybe that's a Carson problem. Maybe it's on you to be a pro and act right. Say one thing for Rodgers. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. They drafted Jordan Love in the first round. Even people like me kind of defended it. If I was Aaron Rodgers... I would have been fucking irate. I would have been furious. And I think he was mad at first. He sucked it up. Zero public issues. No problems. Had one of the best years of his career. Everyone gets along in Green Bay. That's how you be a pro. Jared Goff was literally just benched. He said it sucked. But I knew I had to be a good teammate. Came in and won the game for him in the playoffs. With a broken thumb. He sucks. You don't hear him complaining. He was benched for a dude from the AAF. Carson was benched for a guy that had just had been to like a national championship from Oklahoma and Alabama that was drafted in the second round. Jared Goff was just was benched and his team's winning for a dude from the AAF. Not one issue. Jared Goff has never had an issue, no matter how crappy he's played. You know why? Because he's a good teammate, good guy. Like Carson, are you a good guy? Or are you just like, you have this on the exterior, you're a good guy, but you're kind of a me guy? Because that's how it kind of feels from... 3,000 miles away, watching some of the stories get leaked, watching Doug lose his job. That, that, that'd be my take. Again, this isn't based off inside information. You just got to follow the, the crumbs. Pretty clear when a guy's like, yeah, I, I, my, the relationship's fractured with Doug. I don't think Doug leaked that out. Doesn't make any sense for Howie to leak that out. Pretty clear where that came from. If I'm not the starter, I don't want to be here. Where, where do you think that came from? We just got to put the pieces of the puzzle together. 
and I, I'm a I'm a big Carson Wentz fan before this year. Like I've always thought he had a chance to be like a great player. But you learn the most about human beings when times are the worst. It sucks to struggle in life. I've been fired before. I'm sure many people listening have had terrible things happen. It sucks professionally. Lose a business, lose a job, file for bankruptcy, whatever. Get benched. It, ha- it, ha- it happens. And whenever it happens to you, you know what you got to tell yourself? I'm not the first person for this to happen to. I sure as hell won't be the last. The sun is going to come up the next day. How do I carry myself? How do I conduct myself? Because I got to move on. I got to keep trucking. And it does feel like I got some red flags on Carson's maturity in this whole situation. Didn't like what I saw from far away. Why do you not see any quarterbacks under 35 test free agency? With modern sports medicine, worst case scenario is a Dak situation who is poised to get well and pay this offseason. Wilson, Rodgers, uh, Watson, hurry to sign deals with teams that don't draft well. Uh... You know, I remember being in Philadelphia and I was driving around and I first got there and it was like they were talking about whether to give Cole Hamels a lot of money or not and whether he was going to play out his last year and hit free agency. And I remember it was like Jason Stark or Buster Only or it might have been like a former GM and they called in and they said, I don't know many human beings if you put a piece of paper down in front of them and hand them a, hand them a pen and the number says $120 million that he's going to say to himself, yeah, I'll just play this year out and see how much I get next offseason. He signed the deal. Most of these quarterbacks, they have a front row seat every year to guys carted off the field, guys' careers end, some of their best friends. Think how long it's been since Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson was drafted after Aaron was there. He's long gone and Aaron's still there. Think how many players Brady saw come and go. When someone puts money in front of you at that level, it's never happened to me. I would imagine most people it's never most people don't get to sign contract with 140, 120, 110 guaranteed. When someone does that to you, though, I don't care how big your balls are, I don't care how much you believe in yourself. You could argue it'd be negligent and stupid to not do it. And I'm with you with modern medicine. But it's more of just, the one thing is, a quarterback typically, where most players, they get kind of thrown to the curb, right? Quarterbacks see every penny of their contract. So it's like, the if they sign a seven-year, five-year, $180 million, I'm just throwing out random numbers, but the guarantee is 90. Well, if the guy plays, and most of these quarterbacks do, they see every penny of it. Remember Derek Carr? Signed a contract that was like $130 million. 70 of it was guaranteed. Well, he's been the starter every year since he signed the contract. Every single penny of that contract he's seen. Maybe not some bonuses or whatever, but like the quarterbacks see their guaranteed money and the other fake money. Where the overwhelming majority, even good players, non-quarterback, usually have to restructure or get cut after the guaranteed money's over. Just the way the league works. So I, I just think when people put those numbers in front of you, you just, you take it. You know, it, it's hard. It's really hard to pass it up. 
Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service, as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Well, like many kids at 16, I got uh, a car that uh, came from my grandpa. It wouldn't have been my first choice, but because I was 16 and had no money, I didn't have a choice, I took it. And then I personalized it. I tinted those windows. I put in multiple 12-inch subwoofers in the back so my parents and everyone else in the neighborhood could hear me coming from across town. And I turned that thing into something at first that I was like, I want something better to essentially my dream ride at the time because I had a car at 16. Can't, hard to complain. One of my favorite parts about car culture is regardless of the car you're given when you're young, you can find a way to make it cool. And that's what any young, innovative individual will do. I don't care what you're rolling in. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Listen to the pod and always look forward. Bears fan here. I know Nagy is your boy, but how just how do you justify keeping him in there another year? I'd like to hear your take on this. My take would be simple. I would have fired Pace. I would have hired a new GM and basically attempt to get a new quarterback and kind of give him that year to evaluate Nagy and then decide. 
Andy Reid called Matt Nagy the best coaching candidate he'd ever had. He took over a job and inherited a quarterback. The Chiefs, the number one guy on their board was Mahomes. Veach loved him. Nagy loved him. Andy loved him. Dorsey loved him. High-level organization, they liked Mahomes. Wouldn't have touched Trubisky. He came in and inherited Trubisky, who the GM had drafted number two overall in a draft with Watson and Mahomes. So that shows you what Pace knows about quarterbacks. And still won that first year without him. Then last year, Trubisky fell off a cliff, and Fangio left, and Chuck Pagano, like, Chuck Pagano stunk. So if you want to criticize Nagy, like, Nagy hired the wrong guy. Chuck Pagano's not a good defensive coordinator. He needs to hire a better defensive coordinator. Right? Kyle hired Sala. McVay hired Brandon Staley. Uh, even when Andy made the switch to uh, Spagnola, he's got to hire. But the quarterback is not his fault. What the hell was he supposed to do up this offseason? He went for a guy that he knew foals, and it didn't work. But that was like a, a short-term Band-Aid situation. To me, if they either draft a guy or can get like a Sam Darnold, you know, get a, I guess they're not going to get Matt Stafford, but get a legitimate starting quarterback. A guy that a large percentage of the teams would want as their starting quarterback or trade up in the draft and get a good player. Then I think you can evaluate him. But when Mitch Trubisky is starting the majority of your games, Mr. B- you know what Mitch Trubisky is? He's a backup. That's what he is. And that is who Matt Nagy has had to you know, play with his quarterback. Do I have an agenda and a bias on this one? Of course I do. I know the guy. But like, I'm not ready to just call him, I, I think Bears fans call him like the village idiot. He went 8-8, eight 8-8, and 12-4. Eight, eight and eight and and with Trubisky and a little bit of Foles. Think about that. Imagine if he just had, I don't even know, like a Jimmy Garoppolo or Jared Goff. He's fucking playing with Mitch Trubisky. And it's not his fault. It's just not. He had nothing to do with it. He's not the gentleman. He doesn't pick the players. Now, this offseason's big. I don't know what they do. It's going to be hard. But, like, I, I think the Nagy experience, I blame the general manager much more than him. Has he made mistakes? Sure. Did he hire the wrong defensive coordinator? Yes, he did. Was it there going to be a downgrade from Fangio? It was inevitable. But he hired Pagano. He was not good enough to, to make up for the quarterback play that he has. So they just got to find a find a way to get the quarterback. But I, I do think 12 and 4, 8 and 8, 8 and 8, the, the way he's talked about in Chicago is like he's the village idiot. I've seen some village idiots. Tom Sula, Freddie Kitchens. You know, hell, McAdoo, Shermer. Shermer's not a village idiot, but he's just not a good coach. Like, I'm watching Nagy, like, not bad. He just needs a quarterback. Gets a quarterback, then I think he can be properly judged. Appreciate everyone listening. Have a great week. Adios. See y'all soon. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. 
So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 